Good evening, everybody. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome in. Welcome in. Oh, man. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's a big, big night. Thank you guys very much for being here. Let's see who is here to, to tap in. Tap into all the vibes. Tapping into all the vibes and doing great things for the children. Let's see. At a talking track server sound off, you guys go ahead and hit it for me. Baba Joe, look at that. Look, I'm right on time. I was right on time, let me just say. Boom. You're on DJ time. That's Six o'clock on the nose, buddy. Plus three. It's not plus three. It is absolute. You it need is a new 602, clock. and we've been on the air for a minute 51 seconds. I mean, as, as close as it gets. Just saying. Just saying. Hey, what's going as on? I told Arian, <laughs> as I told Arian, if you score in your material spend event two minutes after it ends, how many rewards do you get? Okay, you know what? You're so grumpy. You're so grumpy. All right, I was 12 seconds late. Who cares? Hey, good evening, everybody. Talking Trek server sound off. You guys hit it. What's up, Bacon on server 36? Dabbergill 21. Divine on 164. Dr. Juby on 61. Noon Whistle on 29. Smoke Mohawk on 16. Thank you. Devil in the Belfry on 14. Daddy Dave on server 24. Thank you. Spectre on server 11. Vic on server 40. What's going on in Dominus Prime on 53? Skaba on server 52. Thank you so very, very much. I appreciate you guys all being here. What do we got going on over in the Twitch chat? Lord uh, Sinkar on 155. Thank you. Leon on, uh, wait, is that server 12? Lost Soul on 42. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Aquila on 109. Lieutenant Fire on server 9. Doug on 38. Louis P on 20. Keith on 49. Thank you guys so very much. Balabom on server 17. Iceman on 15. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Baba Joe, welcome into the show. Appreciate you guys all being here. What is going on? I, uh, I really thank you guys. Listen, we've got a very, very tight schedule today, Bubba Joe. Very, very... I forgot my Christmas hat! I just looked at the screen. I'm like, crap, I forgot my Santa hat. And now it's too late. Can't do anything about it. <sighs> Maybe I'll grab it during a, during a break. Listen, guys, we have a lot, uh, a lot going on. Let me, uh, let me jump right in, okay? Good evening, everybody. Appreciate you so much for being here. Tonight is going to be something special. And before we get started, I want to throw out some announcements. Thank yous, all the things. Twitch is going to make me put up a commercial break early, so we'll do that here in just a couple of minutes so that we don't interrupt your experience tonight. But, of course, remind you that to stay ad-free all the time on our channel, all you need is a Tier 1 or a Prime sub to the channel. You can skip all the ads all the time. We appreciate your support. also want to say thank you to my team. Uh, first, Arian. Yes, Arian, everybody. She is the, the master. Yeah. Arian, Chief Logistics Officer and Coordinator for all things that involve big hearts. She has coordinated this project for the last three years, and we've experienced tremendous growth. I, uh, I can't imagine anyone else being at the helm, and I can't imagine the project surviving without her. I want to say thank you so very, very much. Next to our director and executive producer, Griffin, who has just brought a whole new life and a whole new level of production to our studios. Watching back some of this that you're going to see tonight and watching what he's done on some of the other videos that we've released, it's just night and day. I want to say thank you 
sir, next to my real world friends, family, co-workers, bosses at the day job. Thank you for putting up with my extra time off uh, over the last couple of months and understanding of how important this cause was to the friends and everybody in my life that is watching the channel tonight. Thank you for everything every day. And last but not least to all of you, each and every person who has invested time, money, or emotional energy towards this project, including those now watching or those who have visited our channel for the very first time or founders who have been here for five years. Thank you all for growing this community in such a way that makes things like this possible. I want to remind you to look at the donation links that Arian will have pinned in our chat right below the video. There are two links that you will see tonight. One is for personal donations that will show up right here on Twitch. That is using our uh, normal Stream Elements tip uh, link. But the other is a link for corporate or a business donation link. So this way you can get a 501c3 tax deduction receipt if you'd like one of those. But we will need you to DM Arian or myself so that your donations can be added to our tally count as that link is directly through the hospital and won't interface with our activity feed. Lastly, I want to thank a few fellow creators in this space for your support of our efforts. As a matter of fact, a few of them are here tonight and doing a special presentation this coming Monday night. Um, that's right. I'd like to promote that super quick if I can. Twas the night before Arcfall. And yes, we are going to have some lovely uh, Star Trek Fleet Command contributors who are going to be on that tonight. Dr. Iron Chef, Major Samo, Morbid John, and Captain Jesse will be broadcasting live Monday night through the maintenance. So I would like to, uh, to thank them for coming in and hanging out here tonight. I really do appreciate all of you guys. So check them out. That is the brunt of everything. A few final thank yous from our chat now before we take our first break and break into our content. This is a good time also to grab some Kleenex, grab a blankie to snuggle and a drink or snack because when we return, we're going to dive right in and each segment is more powerful than the last. Let me say thank you uh, very quickly to a few people in the chat here. Let me say thank you to Griffin, uh, Long Live Gaming for your resubs, Voodoo Doctor for your resubs, Soul, thank you so much, Wonder Yams, Stony Dude and Kill First for your resubs, Freelancer for your donation of Kitty Bitties here tonight, Devil Panda, thank you for your resub, Balorum, thank you for the follow, Wirespeed and Keith, thank you for the streaks, I appreciate that so very, very much, thank you guys, a great, great deal, we're going to be meeting some amazing, amazing people today, guys, absolutely, so strap in, Okay, this is the biggest project of our broadcast year, and we're very excited to share it with you. Ladies and gentlemen, Talking Trek gives back right after these messages. Don't go anywhere.
What's up, everybody? Ultimate DJ's here with the special event you've all been waiting for. Welcome in to the show and welcome to our very special corporate sponsors who have jointly donated $11,000 to the Christmas Angel Fund. You guys have known all about the efforts coordinated by the team over the last 30 days. And gosh, if you've missed some of the actions taken by you guys, then you've missed a ton. Not only have our corporate sponsors thrown in, but the community themselves have donated over $30,000 individually, bringing our total to over $44,000 so far, and we still have just under two weeks left. As many of you know, this past weekend was our big visit to the campus of Monroe Carroll Juniors to visit with the staff, patient, and families of this year's Benefactor Children's Hospital. You aren't going to be disappointed by the stories we have to share and the information that is likely to melt the coldest of hearts. You'll hear from floor staff, coordinators, and patients themselves, plus surprise appearances by Becklike's Plants and the big guy from the North Pole. It was a humbling celebration of strength, adversity, and heroism. On behalf of the entire team, I'd like to personally invite you to sit back, summon all of your strength, beam it to these patients, and open your hearts and minds as Talking Trek presents our 2023 edition of Talking Trek Gives Back. One of the things that we are absolutely so blessed to be able to have experienced here today was kind of just walking in and taking a look at this hospital and taking a look at how it's been built and painted and some of the decorations. This is a very vibrant place. So I would like to introduce you guys to one person responsible for a lot of that. Can you introduce uh, to our audience who you are and what it is that you've done to this place? My name is Janet Cross. I'm the Senior Director for Patient and Family Centered Care at Monroe Carroll Junior Children's Hospital. And I have oversight of several just amazing teams that contribute to the care of children and their families. That includes the child life team, the music therapy team, the hospital school program, our family resource center, our volunteer services, our spiritual care program, our facility dog program, patient family advisory councils, and the gift shop. Oh, can't forget the gift shop, right? Absolutely not. No, you just named a ton of initiatives and a ton of things that are that are going on here. And one of the things that we've been kind of discussing throughout the day and have learned about this place is that the approach to care is not just about the medicine. It's not just about the science and the, and the doctors and nurses, which are obviously a super huge part of this, but there is a very significant family, community, human-minded approach to care here at Vanderbilt that you were very uh, involved in creating many years ago. How long have you been here and how would you describe the environment here at Monroe Carroll Jr.'s? Well, I came here in 1982, so I've been here a long time. Um, I, our philosophy of care is really patient and family-centered, which means putting the patient and family in the center of care, partnering with them, hearing them, and what their needs and values are. And they're different for each patient and family, so you can't cookie-cutter that care. But they also come as a unit. You, also, you can't treat a child without treating their family. So um, we were really focused on the whole of the child and caring for them. And that means that we really have to understand how children grow and develop. 
Um, the Child Life team is very, very skilled at that. Um, and, and particularly what happens when a child is in crisis. And when you get sick and they're in the hospital, that's a, that's a crisis for child and family. Um, unfortunately, there's painful things that happen and scary things that happen. And, and it's all just really strange and foreign. So um, if we can prepare them and arm them with the tools that they need to be successful, they're not going to be so traumatized when it's time to come back to the hospital or even as an adult and refuse to get health care. And we know that when we give that attention that the outcomes are better, they heal faster, their lengths of stay are shorter, um, their psyche is better. So we continue to do it. We have um, been working with the Jingle Toy Drive, which is one of your projects here with uh, within our community to um, help out here a little bit at Christmas and, and provide through the holiday season some of that joy and some of that normalcy to make sure that Santa knows where they are, you know, because they're not at home. And, and so that can be a little bit scary or a little bit uh, unnerving for some younger patients. But one of the things that, that we have found kind of in the structure and in working with some of your team is a segmentation, if you will, or, or the different focuses based on the age of your patients. You guys have 14 floors, but they are somewhat separated by, by medicine, but it's mostly the human development, right? Um, it's a little bit of both. Um, certainly the specialty care, um, there's, there's um, advantages to having children and the caregivers who are talented in that, that specific diagnosis all together. But then we, we do have some developmental um, cohorting where infants will all be together and adolescents will all be together. With the, um, with the way that we have been uh, working with your team and, and kind of trying to raise the funds that we have been, that what we're talking about here today, uh, and kind of exploring what it is that Talking Track Community has been able to do. And we have a lot of amazing things to show you guys today, um, which is going to be just very, very cool. We're, we're already blown away by some of the stuff that we've been able to see coming in here. But one of the things that you touched on at the beginning was the whole human experience and the care. Tell me how you have built the teams on the floors, because you have just as many non-medical personnel as you do medical personnel that are focused on the healing of patients here, right? Um, well, not quite, but we do have a really large core of, of non-clinical folks. So when I came in the 80s, um, child life, I'm a child life specialist by training, was just really emerging in children's hospitals. And so um, I've been able to be part of the growth of that department. When I came, there were four people, and now there's 40 people in that department. Um, and also have had the opportunity because of some very generous donors to build programs like music therapy and the hospital school program and the facility dog program to, to um, enhance that psychosocial and, and emotional care. It's, it's almost overwhelming when we look at the experience that you have provided for patients. Even when we were downstairs in the hallway and just kind of walking by, I mean, there's patients moving around. Um, you have a tremendous number of visitors. Can you tell me a little bit about the environment that Nashville has provided to you guys? We were talking a little bit about that earlier, that it takes a village right and you guys have a great team here inside the hospital but it's also just as important for the community to recognize that it's people outside of the hospital as well tell me a little bit about your experience here in nashville and why you think that this hospital has been such a, a successful program here in nashville 
Well, I think um, the community is a huge part of the success. They have supported us from the beginning um, and I think recognize the value of having a, um, a top children's hospital right in their backyard. They're hoping they never have to use it, but just about everybody in Nashville knows somebody or has been touched somehow um, by the children's hospital. I'm not sure if it's because we're in the South or um, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think we have a very unique city, a very generous city. Um, many, many, many of our programs would never have gotten off the ground if we didn't have the financial support that we have gotten from, from our community. Both financial support and the volunteer support um, to, to um, come and help us pull a child in a wagon and give, give mom a break or rock a baby or play air hockey with a, a teenager. You know, we, we couldn't do our job as well as we do without the volunteers that we have. Last question for you is kind of regarding the, the whole human care that we've been so impressed with here. It doesn't stop with the patient either, right? You had just mentioned it, giving mom a break, finding a, a, a few minutes to have a cup of coffee and siblings right because an illness that would land you in a hospital like this is not an individual thing in a lot of cases this is a family trauma a family uh, challenge or an obstacle that they have to face tell me a little bit about some of the programs that you've pioneered here through uh, the patient experience that are not for your patients or are they all your patients um, well, again, we, we think of the family as a unit, but you mentioned siblings, and, and certainly they have a very, very unique perspective. And um, through no fault of their own, obviously parents are, are focused on the child that is sick, and sometimes the siblings feel left out or misunderstood, or um, so we want to absolutely make sure that we make those opportunities to engage the siblings both as part of that family unit but they also need some education they they are just as confused as everybody else we have um, a really great program called Cooper's Troopers Foundation um, Cooper was diagnosed with um, an oncology diagnosis as a very young child um, and had two older brothers and they that family recognized how difficult it was for those those boys and they have created a program where they um, put together backpacks with all kind of coping tools in it um, for the sibling. So as you might imagine, a child gets sick and so their family and community um, send gifts and send support and send everything to the, the sick child. Um, and so the sibling is not getting that attention. So this is just, that's just one example of a very specific effort to support siblings. I want to thank you very much for the time that you uh, have put in with us here today and thank you for what feels like a very unique and personal approach to, to patient care here. One of the things that drew our community to this hospital was the feeling of intimacy and family and community and the fact that that we were here and we were able to see the kids and we were able to see the tangible efforts that this hospital has made to connect with their patients and connect with their families. We're very excited. We're gonna be able to uh, talk to here in just a little bit, a patient who has been here hundreds of nights as a patient and his father who is a very influential person within your program. Can you tell me a little bit about 
how that project and how those individuals have shaped your vision of the program here as far as patient care and, and what is it that you rely on them to do for you? Um, they're a very special family um, and um, that young man has been um, a patient since birth and so they have gotten to know us very well and we've gotten to know them very well. Both mom and dad are members of our Family Advisory Council. That's a group that, of parents that comes together and advises us on what's important from a family perspective. Um, he's in fact going to be the chair in 2024. So that input from that perspective, if, if we don't have that, we don't know how to mold our care. We don't know how we we may have had an experience similar, but my children were never in the hospital, so I, I don't know. I haven't had it. I see it every day, but I haven't lived it. So it's really important for us to hear those specific experiences. And the same for Chase. Um, you know, if, if we don't have that perspective from the child about what's important, then we're, it's, we're just taking shots in the dark. Thank you so much for taking the time with us and thank you for making your beautiful and wonderful hospital available to us today. And even more so to your team who has been working with us for the last several weeks. We really appreciate um, the cooperation that Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital has, has displayed to us. We're very, very excited to be here today and look forward very much to whatever else you guys have to show us today. Thank you, Ms. Cross, for your time. Thank you. takes a very quick break we will say our thank yous let's take a look at what actually happened during the first segment all right let's see if we can uh let's see if we can do that let's turn on the alerts and see what might have actually happened while you guys were watching let's see if we can find it wonder yams thank you wonder yams putting up 100 into the christmas angel fund bubba joe a hundred dollars from wonder yams and dominus prime putting up $25 into the Christmas Angel Fund. And as you guys can see, we are moving through floor number eight. Moving through floor number eight at $44,265. There's Oliver DJ's hanging out in the background. What are you doing, bud? Ah, he's hanging out. Thank you guys so very much. Appreciate all of you. Leland uh, says so many Twitch ads. We got the breaks, all right? I'm trying. Listen, Twitch likes to front load that stuff, so I'm trying to get through it. Quirity, thank you for your 40 kitty bitties. Raj, thank you for your three kitty bitties. Appreciate that shout out. Uh, thanks for the follow. Appreciate it. Stony Dude, thank you for the streak. Frankenfurter, DJ Gurr, appreciate you guys all being here. Ladies and gentlemen, I do thank you so very, very much for being here and being a part of our audience here as we are celebrating Talking Trek gives back uh as soon as our audience joins us back from break we're going to get right into the next segment the next piece where we are able to explore more around this hospital thank you so very very much yo micah thank you for the three-month resub appreciate it so very much tiberius thank you for the lurk ladies and gentlemen talking trek gives back continues now So we are cleaning 
decoys now for the patients to be able to use uh, in their common rooms, right? Because just kind of like what we had been talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I guess I should introduce you, this is Mark. Uh, he's been uh, one of the key people that we have been working with throughout the last several weeks community. But um, one of the things that we've actually talked about as a community was the common rooms, right? Upgrading the common rooms and, and trying to find age-appropriate things that, that we can help with as far as the patient experience within those common rooms or even for some patients who can't leave the rooms, right? And that's actually kind of the premise of what we're doing right now. Can you explain what it is that we're doing and why this is so important? Yeah, so here at Monroe Carroll Junior Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, we see roughly 2,000 patients every single day. And when kids are in the hospital, they're still kids. Um, and so with that, they uh, want to play. They, they want to play during treatment. Um, and so one of the great things being a nonprofit hospital is the ability to facilitate play for them, whether they're immunosuppressed and stuck in their room or they want to go to a playroom and play or um, want to do group activities down in common space at, in, in the hospital. And so today uh, we have a lot of toys to clean. Um, and so thank you all for helping uh, get these toys ready to go back into playrooms and into children's rooms. Um, and uh, yeah, because of community support, A, we have lots of toys, and secondly, we have clean toys like this that you're doing today. So, And, and the reason that they have to be cleaned is, is simply like everything has to be super well controlled. I mean, when, when you're sick, a, a cold could yeah. be really devastating to, to a patient here. So we're cleaning all this stuff. If one patient has touched or played with it, then it goes and has to be cleaned before another patient can just to keep everybody's experience safe and kind of in a silo, right? That's exactly right. And I think one of the cool things about our hospital too is every every uh, floor on each 14 floors um, has a different playroom with different kinds of toys. So we've got a specific teen cancer lounge uh, for any teenager who uh, is in here in the hospital a long time, uh, they can go to that specific lounge and play video games and they can That's right. uh, go do arts and crafts that are, are specifically appropriate for them um, without having a toddler crying on the ground next to them. And so yeah. those, the, those families also have a space designated for them. Um, and so we are very, very fortunate to have um, unique space to, to take care of the needs of the individual child um, and their siblings and their parents. So. Tell me a little bit about a normal day for you. Is, you know, Obviously the holidays are probably a busy time for you and there's a lot of people that reach out, but this effort doesn't stop come January, right? Yeah, so my, my job is kind of to match make. So I spend very little time in the, the children's hospital and I spend a lot of time with community partners. Uh, asking them what means a lot to them and, and hearing uh, as far as giving back goes, what, what is the impact they want to make and um, helping kind of match make where in the hospital, what program do we have um, that we can plug people into. And so um, unfortunately our work as a hospital never stops. Uh, we have to be on call not only every day, but 24-7 every day. Um, one of the cool things about our hospital is that we are a level one uh, trauma center. 
which means that we have um, specialists in every type of specialty and subspecialty on call 24-7 that if you uh, need care at 2 a.m. in the morning, not care. only are you going to get care, but you're going to get specialized care. And within your department, it's not... As we talked earlier with Ms. Cross, it's not just about the medicine either. You know, mm -hmm. at two o'clock in the morning and a patient is having a nightmare or having a, a, a psychological episode, your patient experience folks are there as well mm -hmm. around the clock. Yeah. Well, and something unique about uh, nonprofit medical centers is that a, we never deny care for a child's inability to pay. So any child, regardless of they show up, um, will not um, be asked to pay if they cannot afford to. Um, and so roughly 50% of the patients we serve are on some sort of charitable care. We did more charitable care than every other hospital in Tennessee combined last year. Um, and. Uh, when you compare it nationally, we're in the top 10 um, wow. for that. That's incredible. Um, but one of the things, some of the programs that I, I love connecting people with are, are programs that prevent people from coming here. So we are responsible. We've got a, a really robust education and community education program um, to one of the leading cause of deaths for children is um, injuries and um, we have a program uh, that that is funded by community support and grants and um, that goes out and tr trains teenagers how to not text and drive. They have bikes, bike safety, they have car seat safety programs. We, we want to keep children out of our hospital um, and so I, and I think that's something that is um, incredibly unique to that nonprofit hospital mindset. When we reached out to you here a couple of months ago, you said that, that your role is kind of filtering that matchmaking, so to speak, mm -hmm. with, with the program. So we emailed and said, hey, this is kind of an idea that we'd like to do. This is kind of, you know, the way we want to drive these funds. and and that actually felt very familiar to you then. This, this is maybe not as unusual. Oh, well, I think what's unusual is how amazing your community has been. Usually it's like one or two folks that lean in. Your entire community has leaned in and rallied around Jingle Toy Drive. Last year we raised $50,000 for Jingle Toy Drive, and that didn't cover all the adoptive floors. Uh, this morning they said, We've surpassed last year, and more than half of that was because of Ultimate DJs and the Talking Trek podcast. So we we are so grateful for not only you all leaning in, this core team, but the entire community that you have, really wanting to help better care for our patients. And so, uh, honestly, it's super humbling. It, it, that is very true. It has been humbling, right? Even for all of us who have been, um, you know, working on it. Arian, as you guys know, is the the chief organizer uh, on on all this stuff and, and trying to put everything together uh, from the other fundraising efforts that we've had from uh, the other company matches and members of the community to the fundraising efforts of Beck Likes Plants and Tiberius and, uh, and Admiral Pegasus who are doing their own drives and supporting 
uh, the, the Christmas Angel Fund here, it, it has been humbling is the 100% correct word, yeah. right? Because even this year, it has been more than we've ever done. You know, and and that I think is is a testament to many things uh, within the community, but also a testament to the work you guys are doing because mm. people feel that that's valuable and people feel that that is motive enough for them to get involved because the work you're doing is important. You know, and and so it is. Um, it's amazing to see, and I would like to remind you guys again, we have only days left. Mm -hmm. If there is anything at all that you'd like to give down from a dollar to $5 to $100 or whatever it is that you're able to do, then please check out the links down below. We'll have the links there for you to uh, to donate in through. Lots of, lots of work still to do, so please, if you feel so motivated uh, or want to contribute in any way, shape, or form, check out the links down below as we we continue our Christmas Angel Funds here at Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt Medical in beautiful and country and very barbecuey Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Thank there you, DJ. more to come isn't there buddy oh, he's just watching his ipad he's fine don't worry about it there is so much more to come and i would like to say thank you to again more of the donations listen it's not that i don't like barbecue guys it's just it's not like my number one favorite thing sushi right okay listen we've got so much more to come and uh we do want to say thank you to those of you who are hanging out we do have to take a very quick break but while we are doing that we are going to say thank you to the people who have come in in our chat. Let's turn the alerts on. What just happened while we were in that last segment? Yo, check it out. There it is. Mortman with $25 into the Christmas Angel Fund. Thank you so very much. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Mechrack coming through in a big way. Mechrack, thank you. There it is. $25 into the Christmas Angel Fund. Putting our grand total at 44.415 as we head towards floor number eight. What else did we see? We saw air from server 12. Thank you so much, man. Putting $100, $100 into the Christmas Angel Fund. Thank you so very much. That is very, very kind of you, and we appreciate each of you, one and all. There is so much still to come. And, and Oliver's waving at you. He really enjoyed watching a lot of this stuff today, too. So we're very, very excited about giving you more of that uh, coming up here in just a little bit. Thank you guys so very, very much. Again, the links are up in the chat, or actually down in the chat. If you're watching, there are two links, one for you to donate directly here through the alerts. If you give through the business or corporate link, please be sure to direct message Arian or myself so that we can make sure that those are added to the trackers over here and up there. All right, because those go directly 
to Monroe Carroll Jr.'s Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt in Nashville, Tennessee, and they will send you a 501c3 tax exemption certificate for your donation here today. The Christmas Angel Fund is absolutely amazing, and you guys have made it so much more amazing each and every year. I thank you guys so very, very much from the bottom of my furry heart. Gentle Dental, thank you for the follow. Welcome into the litter box. Appreciate you being here. Beck, dropping a gifted sub to Snake Eyes. Thank you, McSurgeon, for the resub. Bacon, for the stream, uh, for the stream streak. Micah, for the resub. Querity, for the 40 bits. Thank you guys so very much. Welcome back to Talking Trek Gives Back. We're so very excited to have you here. Uh, and let's get right back into it, shall we? Let's see what is going on. Raj, thank you for your 19-month resub. What else happened in Nashville? So much more. And it gets much more powerful. Check this out. friends from the Talking Track podcast are with us today in Seagrass Studios playing bingo with us. Beck is about to sing for us. Casey, are you ready for Beck? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do this. your heart be She has a beautiful dress and a beautiful voice. That is 
Awesome. Man, I need a Hey guys, welcome back. So we are still here and uh, cleaning toys. And part of the conversation that we got to have a little bit just a few moments ago, I thought was really important to share with you guys, which is more connection, right? And telling you guys more about what it is that you guys have been working for for the last several months and what it is that's actually gonna happen with those funds here. So I am really, really humbled to be joined by two Child life uh, experts here with me today. We've got McKaylee, right? Yes, that's right. And Mariah. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. So tell me a little bit about your job. Like, because this is unconventional. A lot of people thinking about people working in a hospital, they're thinking doctors, nurses, like in the medical side of it. But as we have learned today from several of your team, there is a whole different side to care here. And that's where you guys come in, right? Tell me a little bit about what a day looks like in your job. Uh, a day for us is a lot of patient interactions. Um, one of our main things we do is help um, families and kids with like coping support and emotional support. And um, so we like go visit kids, we provide them with toys. Um, our main goal is to build rapport with kids so if they feel comfortable talking with us and being honest about like how they're doing. Um, and we work with them on how to cope with like how they're dealing with the hospital. And one thing we use is toys to um, kind of normalize their stay. Like when you think about kids being kids, like playing is such a big part of their lives. And it's hard to do that here at the hospital. You come in and you have all these doctors coming in your room and you don't know any of them and like your world just feels upside down. And so we can bring in toys and like, spend time with kids getting to know them and give a little bit of normalcy in their lives. And um, I think another part of our job is just kind of keep kids from having to deal with trauma by like explaining like this is like what's gonna happen in your procedure today. And like, how can we help support you? Like what, during your procedure, things like that. It's, like just a small part of what we do. Do you guys um, have patients just like the doctors and nurses would, but like, do you guys have, you know, Sammy in room 10? Like, is he yours? Like they go in and they recognize you, Mariah, and they're like, hey, you know, let's play a game or let's read a story. That's a great question. Um, I'm specifically down in our pediatric emergency department. And so a big part of my role is when I walk in, I want there to be no fear. And I want to establish that relationship that not every person in scrubs is here for something that could hurt or that could be awkward. And so oftentimes our children in the emergency department then move upstairs or go home. And so a big part of why I want to establish that relationship is so that way when McKaylee walks in, the next day, they're like, oh yes, child life. I remember them, they brought me toys. And then McKaylee gets to establish that relationship um, because she works where kids are staying multiple nights. And so yes, we do have like, a list of patients that we all see and we all have different areas that we cover. And so yes, there's a big sense of normalcy that we really try to establish with all of our kids. So being in the emergency department, you are their first experience with this entire hospital. Yes. Tell me a little bit about what drove you to want to be that ambassador for this hospital. Cause that I can't imagine is a role that is light in any, like there's a burden with that, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So for me, I really love medicine. I have more of a medical background versus a psychosocial one. And so the emergency department is a great place to see all kinds of medicine. Have you found that, that the relationship with your patients on the floor is 
directly relational to what Mariah is able to accomplish in, in the emergency room. Oh, absolutely. Um, we can go in and say, like, hi, like, I'm McKaylee. Um, I know Miss Mariah that you saw down there. And they're like, oh, like, we love Miss Mariah. Like, and then they're excited to see me because they have, like, a good relationship with Mariah. And they know that she's, like, there to help them. And she's not there to, like, do anything medical. So it's a great way, great communication with her. Tell me about what drew you to this part of, of medical care. Because this is, it, it seems like everybody that we've met has some kind of personal attachment to this kind of work. Before I started my job here, I worked a lot with um, individuals with special needs, and I remember a very specific time where um, a girl that I'm like friends with who has special needs, like her mom had told me a story about how she like went to get an MRI and um, they, it went really badly because like people weren't there to help her. They weren't there to explain what was gonna happen. They like crowded the room and she felt really unsafe and then like ended up getting really upset and for me on the other end of that, like that just breaks my heart. Like I hate the thought of like somebody with such needs having that kind of experience in a medical setting. And so for me that was like, I'd love to be able to like be that person, be an advocate for someone with special needs or just kids in general because I feel like they don't always have a voice to speak up. Um, and not all of, our, all of the kids that we have in the hospital have a parent with them. And so just the thought of being able to be an advocate, a spokesperson for the kids, be that voice for them in like a sea of doctors, psychologists, um, nurses and stuff and speaking out for their, on their behalf for their voice is why I do this job. And that is awesome. That is awesome. Good for you. That's awesome. That is an incredible story and one that is probably very relatable to a lot of people that might be watching this because as we have discovered, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of people here doing this kind of work, they do have that story, right? They have that experience. So if by chance there was somebody out there watching who who had that story, that had that, that experience and wanted to pursue that kind of service, how would somebody pursue a job like this or pursue this kind of volunteer work in their own hometown? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me personally, I actually was like, I want to go into medicine. And so I, my undergrad degree was in biological sciences. And then I learned about this and I was in that place of how do I become a part of this huge mission to make a difference? And so it can start with volunteering at your local hospital. Um, we have lots of volunteers here who are extensions of McKaylee and I who get to play and get to normalize this environment. We often say that a child's language is play and so our volunteers speak that language and are able to talk to these kids and just let them be a kid. And so you can volunteer. Um, a great place to start too is just anything working with children. Like yes, a lot of us nannied or coach children. And that gives you a great foundation of learning just how to talk to kids. Even if you're not actually playing with them, it takes a special language to be able to communicate with a child and gloss things over and make everything not sound so scary. So if you're at the age of looking for just a first job, that's a great place to start is maybe coaching or being a soccer referee or working at your local church, anything like that, just getting used 
to tiny humans is a great place to start. And we love our tiny humans. <laughs> I want to thank uh, McKaylee and Mariah both for spending time with us today because you guys also both have very busy schedules. You're not normally the ones that are sitting in a chair very long at a time, right? Yeah. You guys are on the go. Exactly. So thank you guys so very much for taking time and sharing your experience with our audience. And again, I remind you guys, like this is what we're doing here. These are the people who are doing the work that you've charged us with helping them do. If you can do a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, or if you want to see my face completely zeroed and vaulted, Wardot, then make make it happen. Hit those goals. All right. Uh, the links are down below. Thank you guys so very much for contributing to the Christmas Angel Fund as we get ready to wrap up in our closing days at forty plus thousand dollars hundreds of kids and we're actually going to break that down for you guys here in just a little bit how many children have you guys touched with the christmas angel fund this year it's a lot more than you think we'll tell you more about that coming up idea that's right dragon keeper they had no idea what does it mean to zero a base who's what's a ward on <laughs> what's a ward on i have no idea all right listen uh we do have to take a very quick break just a super quick one but while we are doing that we need to say a few more thank yous because you guys have continued the generosity here in this chat check this out let's uh let's turn the alerts on and see what actually happened Madam Stargazer, thank you very much for the nine-month resub. Right before that, J-Babes putting $50, $50 into the Christmas Angel Fund. You guys realize we are already over 50% through eight floors. There's only 14 floors in the whole hospital, and you guys have already finished seven floors. We're working on our eight. Thank you, J-Babes, for the $50 donation into the Christmas Angel Fund. Right at the very beginning of the segment, we would like to say thank you very much to Mr. Big Pig, who put in $150. Thank you so very much. Putting our grand total over $45,000. And then the one and only Stevens Aaron coming in here. Stevens Aaron with the big dono, the $500. All of you guys, thank you so very much. All of you. You guys are doing some amazing work, and I really, really do appreciate it. Thank you guys so very much. There is so much more. I'm going to take a, a small break here, and when we come back and show you more, like if you think that you have been touched here so far, you haven't seen anything yet. All right, just bear with it. Take this opportunity. Go get yourself a blankie that you can snot into, because I promise there's more and it gets deeper and it gets more personal and it gets more intimate. I'd like to invite you now to take a look at some of the other things that we saw as Talking Trek gives back.
Welcome back, everybody. We are continuing our toy cleaning here and uh, joined by our next guest, who I'm really excited for you guys to hear from a little bit because she has been such a crucial part of everything that you guys have helped us do. Uh, Lee Ellen, introduce yourself a little bit and what it is that you do for the hospital here. Yes, I'm Lee Ellen Blevins. I'm the Associate Director of Development here at Vanderbilt. So I work with people like DJ and Talking Trek and um, bring that cause connection of why why are you doing what you're doing? What's the impact of your, um, of your gifts and, and what you're wanting to do for our hospital? And I work with a lot of schools in our area, do a lot of programs. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. I love what I do. Tell us a little bit about what a day in your office looks like when it comes to trying to allocate the resources that your department is able to generate. It's interesting because I was a former teacher. I taught for six years and that day-to-day, -day, while it looked different, the structure was the same. I had the same start time, the same end time. Snack was at the same time every day. And then here in this role, I feel like every week, every day looks different, which I really enjoy. Something that our team does is when we have someone like Talking Trek reach out wanting to get engaged with our hospital, we consider within the team where would this where does this group group fit? And I work a lot with um, with gamers and in the Twitch world with other things. And so it was it seemed like a perfect fit of You're a nerd. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> it seemed like the perfect fit of the same kind of world. And um, so that was kind of where it went from there. But um, it's just nice that there's people and resources of where to go and who to find and um, so much support within the team, within the hospital. Um, leaders at the hospital are constantly willing to, to meet with people. Janet Cross, it was a, there was no question when I said, would you like to meet with this group who's raised almost $50,000 for our hospital? And she was like, absolutely, when can I be there? So um, everybody in the hospital is willing, is so eager and excited to, to get to know the people who are wanting to make a difference here. That's awesome. Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> almost $50,000 you guys have done, which is, crazy. So let's talk a little bit about the scope of that because it it sounds like a lot, but then on the flip of this of the same coin, you can say okay, in in one of these huge children's hospitals, what can that really do? Like, you know, yeah. is is that any substantial amount? Like what are we actually doing with these funds? So to illustrate that, I'd like to step back in time just a little bit. Jingle Toy Drive started in 2019 right. here specific to this hospital, but that year it was very much an experiment, right? Mm -hmm. You guys started out and it was very local uh, here to businesses in Nashville and they just kind of got together and did a little bit of something. You guys raised a little bit of money to help out. Tell us about 2019 and what your goals were, if you had any, and what happened that year with those funds? Yeah, so in 2019, we raised $15,000, which last year we raised 50,000, which was our biggest Jingle Toy Drive year. So from 2019 to last year, the biggest we had ever done was 50,000. This year, we're not even at the end, and Talking Trek alone has raised almost $50,000, which is way more than, or which is more than we even hit last year. So from your community alone has, um, already well well above exceeded our goal from last year. So we actually received an email this week from our team saying, hey, we hit our goal of 50,000 because this year we made a goal to reach what we made last year. And in that it said, and by the way, Talking Trek is responsible for well over half of that. Yeah. So it's, it's incredible. Uh, it has been a lot of fun putting this together and, and also super 
emotional, right? Super humanizing and, mm -hmm. and in some cases, maybe even a little bit heartbreaking to think about why programs like this have to exist. Mm -hmm. So can we shift a little bit from the celebration because we've done so well, but let's actually talk about what it is that these funds are doing because this is not as we had talked about in the very beginning this is not something that we want to that we want to do you know a typical cancer research or research lab or anything like that we wanted and you guys collaborated with us you guys allowed us to drive you guys allowed us to state the intent of what we wanted to do and that's what we told our community was hey these are helping kids we were a little bit off in our numbers yeah, so we have done some rough calculating to try to determine how many kids that you alone as a community are going to reach. And so we think about the patients who are here, especially over the holidays, who aren't going to have a usual tree set up. They're not going to be at home waking up to toys. Um, they might be here in the hospital um, spending that time here during, during, such a, during the holidays. Um, and siblings will be here, families will be here, parents will be here. Um, we, from a rough calculation, we think that your community alone is going to reach at least a thousand kids, if not more. Um, so that's bringing a thousand presents, presents to a thousand different children who are having a not typical Christmas, who are not going to spend their holidays in, in a typical way. And because of y'all, we're going to be able to give that to them and, and bring some Christmas magic into the hospital. That is so far off from what we had originally thought of 300, 350 some kids. Mm -hmm. And we are, of course, as you had mentioned, um, approaching the $50,000 mark. And maybe by the time you're watching this, we've hit it maybe. with the links down below. <laughs> but um, the way that we have structured it with our community is, is kind of setting up these repeated stretch goals where, hey, let's knock out a floor at a time. Mm -hmm. Like we're gonna do one floor. Tell me what one floor looks like when we're talking about how do those presents get there and and that's kind of where these departments kind of cross over communication mm -hmm. some of the other departments that we have been able to meet today are the ones who are working with these kids mm -hmm. to to come up with their christmas list mm -hmm. right like so when we're going shopping like we're actually getting for these kids yes Yes, yeah, so we, the way that we'll work is we'll partner with the child life specialist who you just spoke with and who Janet Cross works with. Um, and they are in these patient rooms all the time having conversations with them, whether it's talking about a procedure coming up or just playing with them. Because um, like they said, they work through their play and, and, and that's how they connect with these kids. Um, so they'll be talking to them, figuring out what do they want for Christmas, what's on their list, and then the funds that, that are coming in through Talking Trek and through Jingle Toy Drive are going to be able to hand select those toys that these kids ask for to, to really bring that Christmas magic of, of the kids that are in the hospital are not forgotten on Christmas. They, they will be remembered, they will get those presents, they will get to, to celebrate and feel loved and, and that they weren't missed just because they weren't at their home. Um, and that's something really special that that um, these kids really need and deserve. And that is actually super, super good to hear because I may or may not have brought a friend with me today. <laughs> and a little bit later tonight, 
we are going to introduce him to some of the kids and some of the patients uh, here at the Children's Hospital, but I mean, it's time to start thinking about it, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and so we're really, really excited with, because uh, I mean, I do have, I've got connections. We've been working together for several <laughs> years. So he uh, he will be here later, to uh, later tonight. We'll share that surprise with you guys a little bit later, along with an amazing um, interactive play experience that we're gonna have with some of these patients. Digital content director Beck Likes Plants will be here for uh, us tonight in her amazing, beautiful, super mysterious cosplay that nobody knows about yet. Ooh. We're gonna reveal that to you guys tonight <laughs> as well. Um, and playing a little bit of bingo and being able to put a face with some of these kids mm -hmm. that you guys are helping. So again, I ask if you are so motivated, if this is something that you feel is worth your dollar, worth your $5, something that is real and tangible and 100% gross coming to this hospital. Again, I remind you, if you put $100 into the Christmas Angel Fund, we are sending $100 to the Children's Hospital. All the fees, everything is being taken care of. Uh, there are no administration costs or whatever that, that you guys are responsible for. It is a gross face match donation. So if you guys uh, want to do that, the links are down below. And uh, we really, really do appreciate everything. As we mentioned earlier, almost $50,000 has come from this community alone, mm -hmm. which breaks the record <laughs> for what this hospital has done in the last five years on their own. You guys should be super, super proud of that. And the number of children that you're touching and making a difference for this holiday season is staggering. Mm -hmm. So thank you so very much. Thank please, you. <laughs> please uh, consider doing what you can and uh, we have more surprises for you just around the corner. Stay tuned. <laughs>
buddy. You having a good day? I'm a nurse on the pediatric medicine acute care unit. What'd you have? Ice cream. <gasps> Ice cream, was it so good? There's a lot of anxiety going on, a lot of questions that they want to have answered. Can I borrow your arm? Last year, he was diagnosed with epilepsy. Just gonna get your temperature. We were told to come to the ER here, and now he has most of his doctors throughout the Children's Hospital. Perfect, thank you. Every time I turn around, I'm asked, are you okay, do you need anything? What can I do to make your day better? We always want them to feel like they're safe. If anything happens, that we're here to help them. You ready to go to the playroom? Come on. There's just so much love and caring that goes into this place. I think the important part is to bring some form of joy into their lives while they're in the hospital. Good job, buddy. Everyone's involved in helping these children get better. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a job for them. They dedicate their lives to this. Do you know what's happening tonight? Flashlight. Do you want a flashlight? just for you. The community's gonna line up around the perimeter of the hospital. They're gonna shine lights, showing their support. And then we're gonna shine our lights back at them. A lot of volunteers like me really take ownership and are proud to be a part of this. This is a place that people depend on. And the kids, they're gonna be up there at their windows and we're gonna give them a little light flashing to let them know we all care. Along with the entire city of Nashville, lighting this place up. There is a connection with the community. Our patients and families can feel it too. Yes! It matters to know that people are thinking of you and praying for you, and it brightens their day too. When you say the Children's Hospital, you know what it is. You know where it is. Probably the most important place in Nashville as far as I'm concerned. There are people out there who are wishing for them to be able to go home and get better. Every single person you come across is amazing. They always try to make sure that he's happy. Oh, I see him. Cool seeing him get better and hopefully send them home soon and keep them home. <laughs> you tired? Here you go. I do love this place. Love you. Thank you for thinking about us and Keep praying that all these kids feel better and can go home soon. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Ultimate DJs here with the Talking Trek team here at Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital in Vanderbilt, Nashville, Tennessee, where so far we've been able to avoid any traces of barbecue chicken. All right, so we're, <laughs> uh, we're doing all right there. I would like to welcome Beck. Uh, yes, Beck number two to, uh, to our stage today. How you doing? Hey, I'm great. I am so excited and grateful that you guys are here with us. Thank We're you. gonna have so much fun. So. We are looking forward yeah. to tonight. It's gonna be crazy, but uh, even more than that, let's talk a little bit about what it is that uh, that brings you involved with us here with as far as the Jingle Toy Drive, what the Talking Trek community is doing and how you're gonna be involved because one of the really wonderful things about uh, working with Jingle Toy Drive and what we have really enjoyed working with Lee Ellen and Mark has been 
about the fact that everything is so individualized. Everything is so humanistic and focused on the individual experience. Like there's no, I, I have felt no vibe here whatsoever of like, policy and procedure and standard protocol, right? Like I'm sure those things exist, yeah. but but you guys have made every family's journey here unique to them because every visit here is unique to them, yeah. right? So every experience here has has been that way. You work in the coordination of uh, the the child life experts and more specifically here what we're talking about today is with the Jingle Toy Drive is our community's going to want to know how are you going to deal with $40,000 and thousands of patients? <laughs> ah. Well, um, yeah, so I'm a child life specialist. Um, we help kids understand why they're hospitalized. Um, the doctor comes in and I don't always understand what they're saying and the child life specialist comes in and helps translate, translate it yeah. and make it make sense, yeah. Um, so that's what I did for about a decade in our emergency department. And then almost that long ago, about eight years ago, I transitioned to the special event role in the hospital. So now I get to use those same skills of helping um, kids feel comfortable in the hospital setting, but in the fun realm of special events, like what we're gonna do tonight with Bingo. Mm -hmm. um, so child life specialists are some of our main tools that we use to do our job because our patients, our children, we use toys. Um, we use toys every single day, all day long in many different ways. Um, it could be the toys that fill our playrooms. So kids have the ability who are able can leave their room and come get something fun to play with. They can stay in the playroom and play with it or they can take those toys back to their room. Um, sometimes when we're teaching kids about their diagnosis and we need to build, build some rapport with them, the first thing we do is we take toys. We find out what are your favorite things to play with. We take toys in the room. Um, we use toys to celebrate. Maybe we're celebrating your birthday. You had your birthday while you're in the hospital. Um, maybe it's the end of your treatment, whatever treatment you've been going through, and we're celebrating that. And so we're giving a gift that day um, to help celebrate that milestone and, and mark that day. Um, so we use toys every day, 365 days a year, all day long um, with each of our patients. And I love that you highlighted um, what we call here patient family centered care, where each family is unique. Each, each child, even in that family, whether it's the patient or their siblings is unique. What do they like? What makes them smile? What motivates them? Um, and we find those things out. Um, and oftentimes for kids, they, they, they're going through so much while they're here and they do need some motivation to maybe get out of bed um, or use their hands or use their feet. So if we can take them something to use um, it at bedside, you know, the, the occupational therapist needs them to do a craft and use their hand or to use their hands. But if you just tell a kid they have to, you know, you're gonna write your name 50 times. They don't wanna do that. Sure, but you take yeah. a craft kit in there um, that's been donated and they get to create something really cool. Then they don't realize maybe they're meeting a OT, occupational therapy goal at the same time that they're doing something fun that they love. So your interaction um, and your team's interaction with these patients is is from a therapeutic standpoint, yes. but, but from their friendly standpoint. Right. Like you're there to to be the, the their friend and to be their translator and explain and calm them and keep them yeah. um, you know, feeling safe while at the same time trying to connect the dots between what they need for treatment and how to 
use a toy. So you're developing these, like you've got to connect the dots. If somebody tells you, hey, this patient needs to do this task, you've got to find right. a way what's to make a toy them? to do it. Yeah, what's going to motivate them? And like I said, uh, our clientele, our audience is children. So what do they love? They love to play. They love toys, right? Um, so that's why toys are so important here. Um, you know, and, and specifically at the holidays, it's, it's hard to be here around the holiday time. So if we can give... Um, a little extra around that time um, to kids who may find themselves here on the holiday. Um, it just makes all the difference, you know. Um, you know, to get a teddy bear or to get um, a Lego set or um, you know whatever their favorite thing is. The fact that we get these incredible donations and we can say, yeah, we'll have Lego sets, we'll have Play-Doh, we'll have that video game you love, um, is just so impactful and the kid of course loves it but you see the smiles and the relief in the parents eyes and, sure. and the things that they tell you as well like you know that this has made all the difference in their stay I think one of the most powerful things I hear over and over again is when you hear these testimonies from families or just really even comments in passing um, you know my my child loves coming here I mean, when they feel safe here, they feel comfortable here, they feel seen, they feel known, they look forward to coming here because you know them, you know what they love, you have fun things to do here. So if we didn't have these awesome special events, like we're about to have bingo in a little bit, or we didn't have stocked toy rooms and toy storage rooms to pull these items from, um, it would just be you come and you get whatever medical care you need and you go. And don't misunderstand that. That's the most important thing that happens in this building is that kids get the medical treatment that they need. But that next level of going above and beyond so that you eventually hear those comments from families of like, my my kid is sick and I just, I thought this was going to be, you know, so hard to bring them here. But my kid loves coming here. And when it's clinic day and we have to come for a treatment, they're, they're actually excited to come um, because of the fun that they have when they're here too. And it's the toys um, that connect those dots or the special events that connect those dots and make that happen. Um, and we could not do that without amazing community support like you guys. Um, we're a nonprofit hospital. So what is so humbling and just absolutely incredible at the same time is we do have playrooms full of toys and we do have things on the shelf that we can readily available give to kids, but only because of partners like you. Um, we wouldn't have it if it weren't for that. Um, so we're just so grateful that you guys picked us and thought of us um, because we, we need that support, that having that support of raising the funds to help us buy what we need, what we know the kids love. Um, that's the only way that happens. So it's amazing. Uh, I'll tell you, <laughs> it, it's, it wasn't about a pick. It wasn't about a choice. It wasn't about anything other than we find in our community and, and what we have focused on in years past is literally the kids. Mm -hmm. It is all for the kids. It is for yeah. a smile. It is mm -hmm. for a happy feeling for yeah. a moment. And in a very brief period of time, as I've shared with other uh, people today, in a very brief period of time, we realized that like we have a, we have that in common mm -hmm. with you guys here. So it was really easy. And, and I think the support that has come from the community, even right now while this is airing and, and leading up to this and in the final days, 
as we get ready to close out for this holiday season, we're approaching $50,000. Amazing. And, <laughs> and all our community asks is for people like you and this program to do exactly what it is that we wanted that money to go for, which yes. is to make a kid happy, yes. to give a kid a smile, to give them that slice of normalcy. Nothing about being a child in a hospital mm -hmm. is normal, but right. child life uh, specialists give you a slice. Yes. And so to know that our community is putting a dollar in or $5 mm -hmm. in or $500 in, how does that money then get to these kids? This is truly the funds and the dollars that are gonna give child life the ability to purchase what they need. Like I said, at the holidays, yes, and that's so important, but really, 365 days a year. Um, when we're out of Play-Doh, when we're out of Barbies, when we're out of Lego sets, when we're out of action figures, and they need to, ah, we need more, we need them now, to be able to go um, and say to, to the manager of the department and say, hey, we, we need more of this. And she says, oh yeah, we've, we've got a fund for that. Remember uh, Ultimate DJs, remember the drive they did? We've got funds for that. So, yep, let's get them ordered. Um, so you guys really, it, it's what's so amazing is you're going to go, it's, this is going to go beyond the holiday season. Yes, this is going to help us now, but really it's such a wonderful thing and such a generous amount that it's going to carry us through the year 2024 when we have things that we need. Um, so we have wish lists. Um, we're always asking the kids, uh, you know, hey, we've got the pulse on what we think is cool, but what, what are your favorite toys? What do you love? Um, and so we keep those wish lists updated constantly. I mean, every week someone's emailing um, our, our lady that uh, oversees all of that saying, hey, add this to the wish list. Hey, I was talking to a kid today and he was talking about this. I think those would be great here. Can you add this to the wish list? Um, so we're always keeping that up to date with the movies, the video games, the toys that the kids love. Um, so to have the ability to know there are funds available to, to purchase those things. So that's we wouldn't have it without y'all. The, the, <laughs> these dollars yes. that that the community is is pumping into this right now are are crossing items yes. off the wish list. Absolutely, yeah. It, it's there are so many important things that make a medical center run right that that are very worthy endeavors to raise money for. Um, but at a children's hospital, one of those is also, like we keep talking about, that kids have fun things to do while they're here. Um, so that's literally how that works. We uh, know we need something. Maybe at the holidays, uh, we've gotten a lot of donations in, but oh man, we don't have enough items for teenagers. We really need to beef up that area, or we don't have enough for like the little infants. We need to beef that area up. It's the ability to have a fund to say, awesome, we've got funds for that. We're gonna be able to go to Target and buy uh, you know, more infant items or more teen items so that all the teens in the hospital at the holiday get what they need or all the parents of the infants at the hospital can select something that their baby would want. Um, you know, we couldn't do that. It, we would just be kind of like, oh no, we don't have enough if there wasn't a fund to go to to say, Hey, this is there. I mean, it, it's literally what we will go to to buy the physical toys that will then be given to kids at the holidays. And like I said, it's so much that it's going to carry us even beyond the holidays. That's awesome. So, yeah. Beck, thank you for taking the time to chat with us a little bit tonight. I know that that we have told the community a lot about 
you know what we're doing and what the the funds are being used for and and all this stuff but to hear it and mm -hmm. see it um is is huge this will turn into a family that will receive a toy from the funds that you guys are raising they'll be so touched by what they receive that they'll look at us and say how do we do that how do we give back what do you guys need so it just keeps going forward we are honored to be working with you guys this year and and again i remind you about our commitment community to to what we have done and and i don't want anybody to forget this whatever you give whether it's a dollar it's mm. five dollars it's a hundred dollars 100 face value no administrative costs all the fees paid for and covered you give a hundred dollars one hundred dollars goes to a child in this hospital Amazing. or their siblings and we invite you to do that right now. Check out the links below in the uh, in the comment section and please do whatever it is that you can. And even if it's not financial, showing up at a hospital to clean toys. We talked about that earlier, yeah. we clean toys for a while. I mean, there's a lot of volunteer efforts and things that can be done um, that don't involve you having to, to put yourself in a financial burden, but there are plenty of things that we can do around the holiday season uh, and throughout the year to support children uh, our tiny humans who <laughs> need us uh, here at Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital in Vanderbilt, Nashville, Tennessee. We've got more to come right after this. My name is Ultimate DJs. This has been a very special presentation of Talking Trek Gives Back. We'll be right back. Hang on. Turn the mic on. See, I didn't want to snivel and snot on the stream. Your donations continue to fly in, community. Thank you guys so very much. I appreciate everything that you guys are doing. And yes, I understand some of you guys are fighting your allergies and stuff right now. It's okay. It's just, it's something in the air. Savage Darkness, thank you. <laughs> Don't hit me. Savage Darkness, thank you for your $25 donation towards the Christmas Angel Fund. I appreciate you very much. Beat for the gods. Also putting in $25. Right up top for Talking Trek Gives Back to the Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital, Nashville, Tennessee. At Vanderbilt Medical, thank you so very much. Beat for the gods. Master Yodi coming in with $25. Thank you very much towards the Christmas Angel Fund. Would you stop it? He's, he's trying, he, listen, he had 10 minutes to ask me questions, and now he's coming over to interrupt. Uh, <laughs> Master Yodi, thank you. Darth Blood, Darth Blood, thank you so very much for your $25 dono. Oh, he'll be just fine. Don't worry. And guys, listen, right on the other side of this, you guys don't want to miss this. The hero of the day. We get to meet Chase coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Guys, this is, this is heavy. You, I told you every segment was going to get better and better and better. Nolan, Thank you for your $25 donation to the Christmas Angel Fund. I appreciate you very much. Thank you so very, very much. Um, there's, gosh, there's so many more in here. Wilson, thank you for your $10 donation into the Christmas Angel Fund. Legend of Jane, thank you very much for your $10 donation into the Christmas Angel Fund. I appreciate you. And Dominus Prime, putting $75 into the Christmas Angel Fund. And guys, 
uh, right there, $4,565 away. $4,565 away from $50,000. And I don't need to remind you guys what happens at $50,000 either. Saying, all right, like I'm not necessarily, I mean, I'd be happy if we get there, but, you know, Wardod would be happier. All right, $50,000 is just around the corner. Guys, thank you so very, very much for what it is that you guys have done here with the Talking Trek Christmas Angel Fund. And if you think that you have seen enough, you haven't. Check this out. Hey everybody, my name is Beck, and if you don't know who I am, I am the digital content manager for Star Trek Fleet Command. I wanted to take a moment and let y'all know that I have been so incredibly proud of all of you for the initiative that you guys have taken this year uh, with the Christmas Angel Fund uh, to give towards such a wonderful, wonderful cause. Um, I also wanted to take a moment and let y'all know that this year, Star Trek Fleet Command will also be participating. Uh, Star Trek Fleet Command is going to be giving $6,000 to Jingle Toy Drive um, for the Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, in order to also help adopt a floor. So uh, just wanted to be able to share that news with y'all directly. Um, it's something that we're very excited to be partnering alongside the Star Trek Fleet Command community and doing this year um, in order to make an impact uh, on the lives of these children and their family. So um, that's all I had. Um, like I said, super proud of you guys and the fundraiser's not done yet. So uh, I'm really excited to see how much more we can do and I am cheering everybody on <laughs> everybody i do appreciate you guys all being here um and we've had a very awesome day we've met a ton of great people but i am not sure that we could have anything better than what we're getting ready to do with you guys here right now of course this is talking trek my name is ultimate djs and i'm joined today by the guest of the hour of the day uh it is chase we've talked to you guys a little bit about uh the fact that we were going to be able to meet with chase today chase is uh, really, truthfully, an ambassador for this hospital. Uh, you've been a patient here your entire life, yeah. right? Chase, say hello to everybody, and thank you very much for being here. Appreciate you, man. Hello, everyone. <laughs> hello, hello. You are a silly little goose. <laughs> and we've got Chase's mom over here as well joining us, and uh, and your story is is probably equally as interesting when you talk about the ups and downs of what you guys have, have been through and, and, you know, when something would take you guys by surprise, blindside you, but then what you've turned it into your relationship with this hospital is intimate. Yeah. It, yes. Very intimate. Um, they've, they've given us more than we could ever ask anyone for. I mean, because of this hospital, our family is complete and um, Chase is adopted. So at any moment in our relationship with, Chase up until a certain point because he was a pre-adoptive foster placement, we could have stopped parenting him because we didn't think we had the tools to parent him. Mm -hmm. um, but because we knew we had the kind of support that is afforded here, we we were able to continue and successfully adopt him. And as you see, 
We have a very, very spoiled 14-year-old boy. He is yeah. a character. He is a character. Who, who definitely does not have a confidence issue. <laughs> never anything wrong with no, that. And, not at all. And I can assure you that there is, in fact, a, never a dull moment in my home um, because of Chase and his brother. Going back, you said that that he was a foster for you, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So tell us a little bit about like the very beginning. He okay. had medical issues yeah. when you met him. Yes. And you didn't run. No. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give you guys all a disclaimer. This this is not an easy story to hear. Okay. This is not an easy story to say. And before I say some of these things, I want you to understand that as parents, Josh and I do not run from the truth. And Chase is very well aware and does consent to this story being told. Okay, Fair. so I, I feel like at 14 years old, he has say so and he has autonomy in his own story. And I'm just the messenger because he really doesn't remember it. But he certainly will not be shocked by anything I'm about to say. Fair enough. Is that okay with you guys? Yes, ma'am. Okay, awesome. So um, Chase came to us at seven weeks old. And when he got to the house, um, well, this is kind of funny. So I'll give it to you this way. I got a telephone call. Um I had uh, taken my older son to swim class. That was a foster agency. Um, they were trying to reach us because they had a baby who needed a home, um, and Chase was that baby. So I tried to call my husband because that's what most responsible wives do um, when they're going to bring a baby home. <laughs> hey, by the way. <laughs> and he did not answer. <laughs> and I called and I called. So when he did finally answer, um, the he was like, what is going on? And I was in tears. I was like, it's a baby. It's a baby. So he assumed that I was referring to our son, who was four at the time. And he's like, what is wrong with our baby? I was like, no, I need you to stop at Walmart. They're bringing us a baby. Wow. And... Uh, that's how my husband found out he was going to be a father for the second time. <laughs> Congratulations. So um, he, he, um, he did not stop at Walmart. He came straight home <laughs> because I think he was in a little bit of shock. No, um, I can't imagine why. He, he may have been in just a little bit of shock. And, you know, obviously I, I knew I, we had had this talk before. It wasn't, this was not like I just brought home a baby. And then um, we get him and I look at him and he he looks like a typically developing little boy. Mm -hmm. And he starts to cry. And I look at him and he looks like he's crying on mute. He can't make noise. There's no noise coming out of his body. Um, but he's he is obviously a mad baby at the time, but but there was no noise. Um, we found out later that that was the result of him having been intubated and um, the life support that he was on. So um, we didn't find out that second all that Chase had been through prior to that moment when he came to us at seven weeks old. That was something that kind of trickled into us little by little. And a lot of it came from the hospital because shortly after that, that night, he was back here I want to say two weeks after that, um, he had his first admission. And and for the first two and a half years of his life, he had a hospital bracelet for every month. He had been he was admitted at least once a month, every single month for the next two and a half years. Can you tell us a little bit about <laughs> what it was that you discovered. What was the diagnosis for sure. a seven-week-old baby who, who was crying on mute? 
that was a mystery that you yeah. guys had to kind of solve, right? So you started right away, yeah. started uh, seeing physicians, started seeing, and you started right here yeah. at the Children's we Hospital here in right Nashville. Here. What we discovered was that Chase was a baby that was found in a drug house here in Nashville in the toilet. A homeless person found him, tied his umbilical cord, and called for help. Um, when he got to the hospital, he tested positive for opiates, marijuana, cocaine, and benzodiazepines. Wow. Are you okay? Yeah. No, please okay. continue. <laughs> I'm, sometimes it's hard for me, so I know it's hard for you guys. Um, so he um, was immediately taken by ambulance to the hospital um, here where they placed him on ECMO. ECMO is... For you sports enthusiasts, it's a Hail Mary. It's it's the last thing you can do before you have to say goodbye. It's where they bypass both your heart and your lungs, and they put you on machines that do those things for you because your body needs time to rest. It needs time to heal. I believe he was on ECMO for seven days, and this is based on medical records, you know, that we got um, during the course of his, of his time with us. Um, they placed him on ECMO for seven days, and then he was on a ventilator. And then he was weaned off the ventilator, and of course he had to be detoxed from all those drugs. So he, he, he had to be detoxed from the cocaine, detoxed from the opiates, detoxed from everything because his, on top of the, what was going on with him, he, um, he was going through withdrawals, um, as an addicted baby would. Mm -hmm. So then he was discharged from the hospital to a family member and came back to the hospital seven days later. Uh, and he was dead. He did not have a heartbeat. Um, he was not breathing. The social worker um, actually went to pick him up because she heard him gasping for air when she called a family member to check on him. She went to get him. She won an award because she saved his life, but she went to get him and she um, took him to his pediatrician. The pediatrician said, we don't even have time for an ambulance. Put him in your car and take him straight back to the hospital. And by the time she got him here, he was he was not with them. Um, he put he was put back on a ventilator that time, and that is when uh, he was discharged and came to us. So before that baby that cried on mute got to me, he had he had died twice. Um, he he and he did it all alone. So at the time, the only people looking out for his best interests was a social worker from the Department of Children's Services, and we all know that they were overworked and underpaid and had a million kids on their caseload. Yeah. And doctors and nurses here, um, he had a very, very uncertain future, and they never looked at him like he was a child who had such an uncertain future. They looked at him like he was a child who would have a future, and they wanted to give that future to him. And that, that is what makes the difference between a good hospital and a great hospital and good doctors and amazing doctors and ones that literally change lives. They change the whole trajectory of this child's life. It could be, it could be so many different things and look at him. He's, he's here and he's spoiled and he's spunky. Yeah, we were, we were talking <laughs> before he came in, one of his his late night habits. Uh, he describes it as rummaging. Eating cheese. E yeah. <laughs> rummaging, Why are we eating cheese? Rummaging through the kitchen, just looking for looking for snacks. And you're like, listen, if I find it and I like it and, and I want to eat it, I just eat it. Like, yes. right? You just, you just tear it up. He's um, a teenage boy. That's what they... I'm, you've been a teenage boy. You know yeah, that I've got feeling? teenage boys. They, okay. they eat. They eat. They do a lot of that. Don't judge me. There, no judgment here, buddy. No judgment. At least you're eating good foods. Like, it, it, Well, except for the ramen thing. We'll talk about the ramen thing a little bit later. He He's never had... Ramen. Never touched ramen He's never had ramen. 
He's spoiled. You have to put it in a microwave. It's so good. Mm. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, we can a agree. lot of people would agree with you on we that. We can agree to disagree. <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk to Chase for a couple of minutes. Chase, you uh, walked in earlier and, and got to meet you full of life, full of energy, the same smile <laughs> on your face. Um, but that's because the the family and the support that you've had around you have have made it so that you've got this kind of life right from an infant you were you were ill and obviously you don't remember those early days but there's probably an early memory that you have um of this hospital and and i don't want to necessarily kind of go down that memory lane but i kind of do a little bit because there's a moment right and i'm sure that that your mom has that too that we'll that we'll ask her about but that moment that you remember this being a safe place like that time that you discovered that that doctor or those nurses or those child life experts were the ones that were here that were fighting for you that were in your corner right can you tell us a story about how somebody here at this hospital has made your life better. I mean, technically my mother already kind of covered this a bit, (laughs) but the whole like kind of me dying a bit, kind of coming back here. (laughs) I mean, without these people here, I wouldn't be sitting right here in this chair talking right now. What Mm -hmm. what about like you remember child life bringing you toys all the time? Yeah. And coming in and like bringing musicians on call and letting them sing to you. Yeah. And playing instruments. Yeah. Can you tell them about that, or are you just going to say, yeah, while I talk? Hmm. <laughs> Mainly, um, uh, Child Life helps kind of uh, explain stuff. Like, uh, when I was, like, really little and Landon was kind of younger, pretty much any time I was going into surgery or something, Child Life would literally come to my brother and my family and, and be you. like, okay, this is how this will, like, kind of go down this is what's gonna happen to him this is how everything's going down and so pretty much child life would explain to the parents and the siblings that and the patient yeah that what is gonna happen in like the most simplest ways making sure that everyone understands everyone's on the right page and um, and then does that help you does that help you or does do you feel like it makes you not scared? Do you f- what do you, what what happens to your you as a patient when I'd you know say, what to expect? I'd say mainly it kind of makes you feel more trusted in the people around you. Kind of makes you have a better understanding of what's actually going on. What and is it? What is it you told me the other one time? Doctor speak, doctor speaking what? Cryptic. Yes, doctor speaking cryptic. Yeah. And so, what does child life do? Pretty much makes it so people can actually understand what those doctors are actually saying. Kind of like, um, uh, pretty much like the doctor speaking in kind of a different language and the uh, child life being like the translator for the doctors that allow you to be able to know what they're saying. Do you feel like your experience here as a patient was better because you knew what you were going through, because you knew what your journey looked like? I'd say so, yeah. I would say definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there were days that that those childcare um, experts would be with you. I'm sure there were days that maybe you felt scared, right? And and so those were the people that helped 
reassure you and you as well. I'm yeah. sure the family as well yeah. about what was happening and why it was happening and, and yeah. what the realistic outcomes were and so forth. Um, tell me a little bit about as you grew up, you've continued to be a patient here. You're how old are you today? 14, 14, <laughs> a teenage boy eating the cheese sticks in the middle of the night, 14 years of age. Um, and you have been a patient here your entire life. Yeah. You have become almost an ambassador here. He is right? an ambassador here. Um, the Children's Miracle Network and Vanderbilt Children's Hospital selects ambassadors, and he is a, an official selected ambassador, not even almost. Full that on. is incredible. <laughs> that is great because you have such an, an, a big knowledge and a big story to tell. Mm -hmm. Tell me what your understanding about patient life has become from the other side of the aisle. As you're telling me how important this was to you, if you were going to tell our friends who are watching right now, how important is that team? I'd say child life, uh, apart from all the doctors and stuff, is probably the second most important uh, group of people because they kind of help keep everyone calm, kind of make them not like all scared and a bit more knowing of what they actually are getting themselves into and all that and what's going to happen. So after after the doctors and the nurses, you think child life is the next most important group of people in the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. And you do you, are you glad that they're here? Yeah. Yeah. He when he was little, he used to say I love child life because they bring me toys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the the toys that probably gave you uh, an opportunity to think about something else. Right, mm -hmm. something other than what was actually going on, or something other than what might have been scary. It, it was familiar. Of, it gives you a sense of normalcy. Yeah. Um, as we've talked about, Chase has an older brother that's four years older than him, Landon, and you know we we had to be very careful with kind of the way we explain things to Landon as as a four year old because at the time we were pretty. It was, it was very scary. I mean, sure. It was when I say un uncertain, that that's exactly what I mean. I mean uncertain. It was day by day. It was touch and go. One minute he had an ear infection, the next minute he was in ICU, and it, things changed in just the blink of an eye. And and without child life there to kind of help guide us in those conversations, I don't know that we would have even been as successful with Landon as we were. At, you know, in addition to being as successful with Chase, child life really and truly embraces the entire family. You know, Chase grew up here. Landon grew up here, too. And they trusted their relationship with their providers enough to know that if they're telling me these things, that they're going to be true because they aren't going to sugarcoat it and they're not going to lie to me. Part of something that has been so kind of beautiful and magical about what we have observed in one day in this hospital is the, the family connectivity the the whole family approach tell me a little bit about your brother man who brings you to school every day chase landon yeah what do you well, almost every almost day. every day all right but what do you guys do in that car because i actually just had this conversation with your father because you were complaining that landon didn't bring you to school and i was like what are they doing <laughs> on the way to school that is so fabulous <laughs> what are you what do you guys do we mainly just kind of play a song have the windows rolled down and yeah <laughs> oh, do, that sounds do, awesome, do actually. Do you rock out? Is that what you're doing? 
Hey, well, I know. I know. One day they came home from school and there was a Michael Jackson dance party in our in our in our Good um, man. That's right. In our driveway, like a full on. I, I don't know what they were playing. Maybe beat it. I have no idea. Yeah, but. I think it was beat it. <laughs> yeah. All right, fantastic. So that's Landon and Chase in a nutshell. Can you provide a little bit of insight into Landon's perspective of your time at the hospital as far as child life and and how that impacted him? I mean, I'd say maybe kind of similar to a little bit of me, kind of like probably like a very kind of uh, afraid kid because he'd just seen his brother practically get very bad and very sick, kind of. And then child life is like, okay, this is what's actually happening with him. This is kind of how this is happening. This is what we can do to save him, kind of. Like, pretty much just explain to him that, oh, everything's going to be okay. So it makes it so that instead of him being like, I'm afraid and stuff, he's more of like, oh, that's okay. Do you do you feel like that makes your family the patient at this hospital? I'd say so, maybe. Yeah, that that they're providing care and services to to everybody. There is a term for that. It's called patient and family centered care, and it's it's very important. It's part of you know what Vanderbilt stands for, and they do it well. Um, they they do want to take a holistic approach because if if the child is sick and the family is not cared for, the child cannot heal. You have to make sure. I mean, children worry about their mom and dad. They worry about their siblings. They worry about their pets when they're gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chase Chase will be the first one to tell you that, you know, Honey. Honey is his dog, and he misses her when he's here. Um, what kind of dog is Honey? <laughs> um, I think... Honey's a... You know what kind of dog uh, Honey is. A golden doodle, I believe. Yes, yeah, she's a golden oh, doodle. Oh, how beautiful. Oddly enough, you were, you were mentioning Landon, and I texted my husband while Chase was talking. He wrote... An, an, He's 18. He's going to college. My mom's heart is broken. Mm. <laughs> it's shattered. Um, but he had to write an essay. And as mom, you know, I am the official proofreader of all college essays. And he sent me one the other day that, that just about brought me to tears. And it was about his experience as a sibling. As of, a sibling. Of a child with special needs. I feel like it summed it up. None of us could do justice to Landon's experience. Right. Um, quite like that essay did. And um, I'm going to try to do this without crying. <laughs> um, my kids kind of get me. I'm not usually an emotional person. Um, and again, this is this is from a college essay. So understand that 18-year-old boys don't pour their hearts out very often. Okay? <sighs> Watching my parents lead our family while living every parent's worst nightmare was instrumental in shaping every facet of my personality. They seem to always know how to meet each child where they are and anticipate their needs as though they are their own. A skill that extends further than parenting a child and one that I use when engaging with my peers in both my stage, in stage and in life, on stage and in life. My parents have a perspective in life that can only come from nearly losing a child. That means recognizing the difference between a problem and an inconvenience while reacting accordingly. They taught me our family is only as strong as their weakest member and in life to always defend those and build up those who require extra support. These characteristics were passed down to me and are also qualities that I value in others. Because of my life experiences, I've become sensitive to and an advocate for people with special needs, children with life-threatening medical needs, and their siblings. A sibling of a medically fragile child, siblings of medically fragile children have a unique perspective. A super sib, they call us. This is not a task for the faint of heart. You see, super sibs were cut from a different cloth. 
It's a club no one wants to be part of, a beautiful nightmare, if you will. A group of soldiers who have seen things on the front line despite their parents' best efforts to shelter them. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a crier. We've watched our parents maintain control while their entire world was falling apart around them. We've seen them beg God. <laughs> Gosh, this kid. <laughs> Oh, he's grounded. We've seen him beg God. <laughs> We've seen him beg God. We've caught them crying when they thought we weren't looking. We've watched our siblings beat the odds, cheat death, and still live their best life. All of this while simply trying to grow up. We are ambassadors of inclusion and organically find ways to ensure our siblings are included while teaching others how to include them as well. And we will protect our siblings and people like them fiercely and work tirelessly, tirelessly to make the world a better place for them. Thank you, Landon, for sharing that. And thank you for... He's so grounded. <laughs> uh, incredibly insightful and very touching. And I want to thank all of you. I want to thank your family. We didn't have the good fortune of meeting your husband here today, who yeah. is a leader in this hospital. He and is the parent advisory chair. So he will start in January as the chair of the parent advisory council. Well, thank you for the services that, that you have provided to this hospital, understanding that it's apparently a very symbiotic relationship. This hospital has sustained your family and now this is your honor and duty to 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 pay back um, through the service and, and the acts of goodness from your family. Chase, you are an inspiration. Your story is one of triumph. Your story is one of overcoming all odds and being here with a smile on your face. You're an inspiration to people. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you for being an ambassador for these great people at this hospital. It's been really awesome getting to know you today. Can you say you're welcome? You're welcome. <laughs> thank you, buddy. Um, we are going to take a break. We've got so much more after this, guys. Um, but we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, more from Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, Nashville, Tennessee, as we get ready to play some games, sing some songs, and deliver a very special message from the North Pole. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Thank you for the continued donations that continue to come in. And yes, I told you that was very powerful. That's hard to watch back. I even saw some of you in the chat, Dragon, giving me a hard time while trying to record it. I had to, I had to keep it together, man. But on playback, it's all right to let it go, right? Because that was an extremely powerful thing. And what an amazing young man. Chase, at the age of 14, who has spent over 300 nights at Monroe Carroll Jr.'s hospital. 
and continues to find an opportunity to smile. He was truly a rock star, and he told jokes. He was listening to music. He was dancing. This child has the strength of a thousand men. And he is an inspiration to me. Thank you guys for your donations that have come in. Allow me to recap some of those that came in. Melkor, thank you for the $5 dono into the Christmas Angel Fund. Thank you so very much. Dominatia, throwing $25 into the Christmas Angel Fund. I want to point your direction over here into the corner that at the beginning of this segment, Star Trek Fleet Command, the team with Back, Echo, Old Man, and our friends at Live Ops, the entire Star Trek Fleet Command family over over inside Scopely. You know, we give them some grief now and then. We do, don't we, guys? But sponsoring an entire floor is a very moving and noble effort. Finishing floor eight and putting us 58% through the ninth out of 14 floors. Thank you, Scopely, for taking care of that. Folks, we are getting ready to wind down here. We only have about 10 minutes left, but you can continue to share this with your teams. You can continue to give our deadline for the community. <clears throat> our deadline for the Christmas Angel Fund is December 15th. We have 12 days left. At the beginning of all this, I imagined, Arian, we, neither one of us thought <laughs> nope. ne neither one of us thought but guys nope. do you realize we are less than $23,000 away from sponsoring the entire hospital retrieving thank you for your $100 donation from Mr. and Mrs. Retrieving and retrieving 2.0 and 3.0 to these beautiful kids and families thank you for your $100 donation to the Christmas Angel Fund guys less than $23,000 away from taking care of an entire hospital full of children. It's a very, very powerful thing, and I'm proud to be your ambassador to these children. I am proud to be working on this project. Thank you. As we prepare Arian to wrap up, there was a little bit of fun still to be had at the end of the day. <laughs> yep. And it was necessary because it was such a heavy day. Such a heavy day. But we did end up having a little bit of fun here at the end of the day. And I want to invite you guys to finish off our happy with us. To enjoy playing games with these kids and experience a musical gift and a very special message from the North Pole. Take a listen. I'm going to turn it over to the one and only Santa Claus. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Man, I, I am tired. It was a long journey down here. Uh, but my friend, my friend here, DJ, he requested. He said, I needed to come down to meet all of these wonderful children. And I needed to come down and to be here 
for everyone so that we could kick off the holiday spirit and to kick off the holiday celebration. Now, Santa, I have a very important question to ask okay. you. Is Ryan Seacrest on the nice list this year? You know, I can't divulge that information. <gasps> I'm, I'm sorry. Oh. I, I, you're just going to have to wait. HIPAA. Ryan. You know, HIPAA. HIPAA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, oh. we still have like almost 30 days. You know left. what? You're you're not wrong. There is still plenty of time for things to change, right? This is true. Okay. Yeah, this is I'm true. the second check of the list. If yes, you know yes. what I'm saying. Because I check it twice. <laughs> That's right. I do. I check it. I check it twice. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming to see us. Yes. Uh, and I also wanted to tell everyone, everyone listening here, if you can hear my voice, all of the children, okay? I need you to help me out, okay? I am very busy, as you know, okay? But I need you to send me letters. I need your letters to be sent. I love reading your letters. So I need you to talk to your parents. I need need you to talk to your child life specialist. I need you to tell me what you would like for the holidays. I need to know that. It's a big world. I need the information. I'm old. Casey has had his list written Probably since last year. I, I keep a running list. He keeps oh, you, a oh, running that's, list. Well, <laughs> that's dedication. Casey, yeah. we, we, know, we know you keep a running list, but then every like two or three weeks, you're on the list. You're off the naughty list. Oh. You're yeah, on yeah, the no. <laughs> it's not, it's very hard. It's straight and narrow, but in the, in the event you know. that it happens to line up, uh, I've got an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, we get it. It's, it's, it's the last push. It's pages the last push. Long. Yeah, well, Santa, it. thank you so much for being here. Oh, no here. problem. I thank you very much for letting me stop by. Yes. And please, all of the children... Be good for the next couple of days, yes. at least uh, until Christmas, at least. There you go. <laughs> Make me happy. Okay? <laughs> but I've got to go now. I've got to okay. go back and feed the reindeer. Yes. And we've got toys being made right now. The elves, they are on 24 hours a day work. I bet. It's hard. Yes. It's hard. We'll rest up and we we'll will. we'll see you again soon. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Big Thank you for being here to kick off Santa. the holiday. Uh, Thank you. We love it. Okay. I might have one up my sleeve. Okay. Can talk you into it? Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to turn it over to Beck for more music. I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord, but you don't really care for music do ya well it goes like this the fourth the fifth the minor fall in the major lift the baffled king composing hallelujah 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 was strong but you needed proof you saw her bathing on the roof her beauty in the moonlight overthrew ya she tied you to her kitchen chair she broke your throne and she cut your hair and from your lips she drew the heart 
Well, maybe there's a cut above, but all I've ever learned from love was how to shoot somebody who outdrew ya. Well, it's not a cry that you hear in night. It's not someone who's seen the light. It's a cold and it's a broken. Hallelujah. 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 Griffin, we made it all the way to the end and I only made two mistakes. Huh. <laughs> I only, made, I only made two mistakes the whole time. Man, we we'll allow it. Almost perfect. on it. The whole, job, the whole production thing, man. on it. I know, Balabon. Beck's outfit. Now, guys, what did you think? What did you think of the secret cosplay, huh? Oh, man. I know. Nice work, Beck. Nice work, Putz. Nice work, Griffin. Immaculate, amazing work, Arian. And to you, the community. Because right now, we're sitting at $52,000. $52,000! Give yourselves a round of applause! Oh, man. There are 12 days left. There's 12 days left. What are you guys going to do with them? I know what Wardod's going to be doing. Wardod's going to be spending 10 out of 12 of those days zeroing my base. And, uh, and Wardod, I made a promise. I made a promise to Wardod that I wasn't actually going to, uh, to spend any of my resources. So I have over five trillion. I have five trillion resources in my base. We are not going to let them be. We we can't let them be open for incursions. All right. I thought <laughs> we, it was the whole server. Well, yeah, it's yeah, that's right. But I mean, Wardod, you know, this this, this was the challenge he made, and you're right. Be at the front of the pack. You're right. You Listen, I I fully expect my alliance to actually kick me out so that they can also partake and, and raid. Uh, <laughs> I fully expect my own alliance is going to kick me out so that they can raid. Server 15, there you go. Wardod led the way for you guys. 
Five trillion resources are going to be yours right as soon as incursions end. And yes, guys, take a look. Look at that right up there. Eight floors complete. I know that. I know this doesn't say eight, but I was trying to edit it in the show, and it was a lot going on. Okay. Honestly, the fact that we made it to this point right here at two hours is kind of amazing, and the fact that we actually made it in two hours, Griffin. That is also amazing. I applaud you. <laughs> Very good. But that's what happens when everything's pre-recorded. I know. On track. We had to do the breaks and the, the things in the middle. Community, thank you so much for watching. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for $52,000. No, there was not enough time for the car wash. There was not enough time for the waxing, but it's all going to happen. And clearly, you guys are wanting to tase me as well. Well, you've got a little bit of work left to do on that one. $22,000 left. And you guys can do the electro shock stuff, whatever it is that y'all wanted to do. It's coming. Thank you so much. Who has to wash your car? Griffin, my car's fine. It's dirty. It's not gross. It was just whoever has to watch that car is more than nobody has to wash my car. I didn't offer my car. Okay. If any of if any of my coworkers are watching this right now, they're dying laughing. I thought it was Echo's car. That it's Echo's be. car. His is worse than mine. Or uh, is it? for a car wash, didn't he? I'll speak up the pod. That's right. It, no, it's nowhere near Echo level bad. Come on. Okay, you are no okay, longer allowed not... to throw any shade on Echo's car ever again. <laughs> Whatever. Ever again. No, it, my car is... <laughs> on behalf of the entire Talking Trek team, I thank you guys so very, very much. This has been a presentation of Talking Trek and her affiliates. My name is Ultimate DJs, thanking the team, thanking our director and executive producer, Griffin, thanking you, the community. Thank you for participating. And Talking Trek gives back. <laughs>